0: Well, I was telling somebody a couple of weeks ago about you know, this series. So, what are you going to do about uh, Christmas this time around? And uh, say, well, you know, we're we're going to uh, try to focus on some some different concepts, uh, looking at the incarnation. It, God becoming human um, in, in Jesus. And uh, so the, the third Sunday, the, the implication of, of God becoming human is that that means God became uh, human, and, and which means we can change as humans. Uh, that because God was human and, and He lived a life in perfect relationship with the Father, He is, in a sense, our target in our hope, that it's no longer an excuse to say, well, I'm just human. That denies the very power of the incarnation, that Jesus shows us the the, the way to pursue change. And they said, you're going to preach on change again? I mean, haven't you preached on that enough? And, And I thought about that a little bit. Didn't think about it in the moment just sort of laughed but said, "Yeah. You know, I probably don't preach on change enough." Matter Who said that? Matter of fact, it should be the subject of every time that we gather. Should be our goal to change. To be more and more like Jesus. To be more and more who He created us to be. And, and that's, that's why you got this clay in your hands. You know, was, and maybe when you first got it, you know, it was sort of hard. You know, not, not quite as malleable. But then, you know, you had to work it, right? You had to push it around a little bit, right? That's a great illustration, isn't it? That unless we are changing, we become more and more calcified. Unless we're continuing to grow in our relationship with God, unless we're growing in our obedience to God, then we're not. And we become harder and harder. And so in a sense, every Sunday... And every time we we gather in the Word, personally, is a time when we are the clay in the potter's hands. And He is working us and informing us, making us more and more supple to His will from our own. That's what we want. That's what we want every time we gather. We want God to change us and to make us more and more like Him. Our first passage this morning is in Isaiah uh, chapter 45, verses 9 through 12, which is one of the places where you get this metaphor. Um, It's on page 588 in your pew Bible if you want to turn there or you can look on the screen. Let's, Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word that speaks to us of your truth. Thank you for your living word and the power of your spirit who is alive in us, continuing to take our heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh, continuing to mold us to who you want us to be. Do that as we gather around your word. Continue to do that as we gather, recognizing your presence. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Isaiah chapter 45, starting with verse 9. Woe to you who strive with your master earthen vessel with the potter. Does the clay say to the one who fashions it, What are you making? Or, Your work has no handles. Woe to anyone who says to a father, What are you begetting? Or to a woman, With what are you in labor? Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and its Maker. Will you question me about my children or command me concerning the work of my hands? I made the earth and created humankind upon it. It was my hands that stretched out the heavens and I commanded all their host. Jeremiah has something similar in uh, Jeremiah 18, where he uses the same metaphor about how God is the potter and we are the clay, and that we, as humans, human clay, that it's our penchant to argue with the potter, to fight with the potter, to, to oppose the potter at times. We become resistant, calcified, hardened, Seeking our own comfort, seeking our own way, instead of seeking the Father's way. Now, you may be asking, now, why exactly did this make it into an Advent Christmas message? Well, it's because in the incarnation, in the incarnation, when God became human, the potter becomes clay. The potter becomes clay. It's a mystery. It's one of the grand mysteries of the incarnation. To take a beautiful cross made of precious metal and then to put a clump of clay next to it. But yet that is a picture of the incarnation. The potter becomes clay. And he shows us then how to be clay. He shows us how to be the clay we were created to be. He shows us the way to be human. He shows us indeed that it is possible for us to change. To be molded in the Father's hands. And to continue to grow according to the will and the plan and the purposes of the Father. Jesus shows us how to live. What we just sang—to live in submission to the Father. He shows us how to be good clay. Yeah, and this this clay metaphor—we can take this for a little while. Remember Adam and Eve. Remember the very first book. Uh, If uh, if you're not familiar, the first book of uh, first chapter of the Bible. Genesis 1 tells the story of the creation of Adam and Eve, of humans. And what does God form Adam out of, but out of the clay of the earth. And Adam and Eve formed to to live, created to be in the Father's hands, to, to be in right relationship with God and one another. And yet they choose their own way. Jesus comes taking the form of Adam and Eve. And shows us how to live as clay was created and formed to live. Adam and Eve go their own way and it's destructive. Jesus shows us the way that leads to the fullness of life. Uh, Luke 2, uh, chapter 2, verse uh, 52. Um, a uh, uh, This is right, this is that story, there's a story in Luke that talks about Jesus when he's a child in the temple. And right after it tells that story, Luke gives us this this little tidbit about the nature of Jesus. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. I think it's really hard for us to grasp this. You can leave that up for a little bit, Barry. Just to to think about that that Jesus grew. God became clay and had to mature. That's what these words mean. that, that, That he grew in wisdom and in years. Meaning he grew not only physically. The years are his physical growth. But also he grew intellectually. He grew emotionally. He increased in those ways. He developed in those ways, just like you and I have to develop. And He did so in exactly the way He was created to, gaining divine and human favor as He matured, as He, in a sense, changed, as He was molded and formed by the Father, as He grew as every human grows. still having a tough time with that it is a mystery i mean so understand yeah it's it's a tough sense to understand god that jesus is fully god and fully human and we tend to err on the side of just saying well he's fully god yeah and almost fully human i mean because our our natural reaction to this when we say well no jesus was fully human they say yeah but he was also god So it's somehow to to separate His humanity from our humanity. There is no separation from our humanity and Jesus' humanity. There is none. He is fully human. One other passage to look at. In Philippians um, chapter 2, one of the great... One of the first recorded hymns of the church. And we'll catch it mid-mid-verse here, but talking about Jesus. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave and being born in human likeness. Emptied himself. In order to be born as a human, in the, the fullness of humanity. You can't see that verse say, born in human likeness, means he was like a human, and the, that, that's not what the, the word is. He was in full human form. God in full human form to show us the way to be human. He shows us the way to be good clay in the hands of the Father. Ready to be molded and formed according to the Father's will for the good of all of God's creation. Do you get the grand humility here of God? That God becomes clay in Jesus. God the Son. God the Son becomes clay. And as Karen said last week, God gets dirty. He gets dirty. Literally, dirt, clay. Even as you're playing with this, right? don't you get something on your hands? Yeah? It, isn't that the, the, the reality of the incarnation? That God enters into the mess and the muck of our existence in order to bring salvation. In order to rescue us. In order to bring and lead and direct change. The fact that, that God becomes real clay means that God's going to deal with the real stuff, that God wants to deal with the real stuff of our lives according to God's plan. Go back to that Philippians passage, and you see that Jesus came. He got real. He he got dirty. He got in the mess and the muck, and, and you know that He came to bring God's perfect plan of rescue, but it was not easy, it was not smooth, and it was not pain free. The fact that God says He enters into the muck in order to bring change does not mean that it's just a nice magic pill, it is a submission. the way of the Father as Jesus showed us perfectly the real question before us the the real question before us with with this clay do we do we really want to change are you really willing to be clay in the hands of the Father Do you you trust Him that He will make and mold you according to what you were created to be for all of His perfect plan and wisdom? There's some great stories uh, in the Scriptures, events of people that came to Jesus. And I want to share with you two, just quickly, we won't turn there, just uh, because of time. One is the story of a guy named Zacchaeus who was a filthy rich man. And Filthy and Rich and both were the case. He was, he was not liked by many, he was a tax collector, but he was really enamored with Jesus and climbed in a tree to see him. And Jesus... Coming by on a parade, came by and saw Zacchaeus in the tree. Hey, Zacchaeus, I want to have dinner at your house. And Zacchaeus scurried down the tree and said, come to my house, a party with you. And then when he saw Jesus and encountered Jesus, he says, you know, half my wealth I, I give to the poor. And all that I've defrauded, I pay them back. Jesus looked at him and said, today salvation has come to this house. Zacchaeus, just encountering Jesus, was ready to be molded and changed. It's another another encounter that Jesus had with another rich guy who was a nice rich guy, who's a religious rich guy. And he came to Jesus and said, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you got to follow the commandments. And he listed the commandments to him. And the guy said, you know, I've been doing that since I was a child. And Jesus lovingly then turned to him and, and said, you know, then go sell all your possessions and give to the poor and then come follow me. And we're told the man turned from Jesus in sadness because he had a lot of stuff. what he wanted was happiness or maybe a little fire insurance if you know what i mean he didn't really want jesus he wasn't ready to be clay in the hands of the father you know where this is going don't you I and mean, what about you are you really wanting to be changed Are you you willing, are you ready to be clay in the Father's hands? As I was thinking about this, just myself, uh, uh, just uh, applying it uh, to myself in a way that I'd be willing to share with you, because there are plenty of other ways that I'm not willing to share with you right now. But just in terms of preaching... Yeah, it, was, it was funny. It was a funny conversation in a sense I had with God, and said, "Are you willing to preach a bad sermon and look like a fool if that would really cause more people to turn to me? Are you willing to, you know, just sort of flub it up there?" Some of you are saying, "Well, you do that really well." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, well, you've 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 done that one, man. Move on. <laughs> Are you willing to be changed, to put yourself in the hands of the Father? Do you hear the good news here? Do you you hear the hope here, though, That, that God changes us, that he's been in the muck he knows how to need it. He, he's, he, is, he has gotten dirty, becoming fully human like you and I can lead us and form us and direct us. Like Brian said, it's not easy. It, it takes time. His work within us, relationships that are broken, maybe for a really long time, with neighbors, with siblings, with parents, or children, spouses are you ready for God to take you and change you and mold you I know you want God to change the other person but you know that's not your deal that's not in your hands the only clay you can be is the clay he's made you to be maybe it's an addiction to the things of this world which is just another way of saying idolatry Maybe it's addiction to money, it's addiction to fame, or at least not looking like an idiot. Maybe it's an addiction to to sex. Addiction to alcohol or drugs. Maybe it's an addiction to fear. Addiction to pride. This is the change God wants to make in you. But we got to be that clay, to be good clay, like Jesus. And not just sing the songs, but live them. Mold me, form me. Not only is that change personal, not only is that change about me and you, but that change is also about the world around us. We believe God can change. The church For his glory. We believe God can change the neighborhood. The community. Our school. That's why. We pursue those changes. And join. With others who are leading the charge. We have some guests. With us today. From Pleasant Hill Academy. Teachers and staff that are there they, they, they want to come say a word uh, to us and uh, before I invite them to come up I want to invite uh, Andrew Wells our director of uh, service and youth to come and just uh, and introduce them and continue to talk about how we believe that change is possible not only within us but within our community I always do this to you, don't I? Uh, Amen.
1: Uh, he calls me up here on the hardest Sundays. Uh, hard <laughs> sermons. Um, sorry, I'm processing myself. You know, what's here? So it's hard to, hard to do something else. But I will. I will. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyone else just really get you this morning? If you're speaking to you, what are you going to do with that? All right, well, what I'm supposed to do, uh, besides just be convicted by Drew, uh, I am supposed to introduce the staff. So I'd like uh, Pleasant Hill staff to come up, uh, Ms. McDowell, um, and teachers, staff, family, if you wanna come up. Uh, these, are, these are change agents in our community. Uh, and they came, they said they want to uh, come and thank us, I think is what uh, Ms. McDowell originally said. But I want to, can we real quick give them a round of applause for what they're doing in our community? <laughs> They are the ones uh, in our community on the front lines uh, every day with the children of our community, uh, making our community a better place, making the world a better place, Uh, and, and working in really hard circumstances. Uh, to care for these kids. So I just want to introduce Ms. McDowell, you can introduce your staff.
2: Good morning. It's good to be here. Um, Pastor Drew, that message definitely convicted me as well. Um, I have kindergarten teacher, team leader, Ms. Russell. I'm sorry, Ms. Dangerfield-Smith and her family, Gabby, and her little baby. I, she's my baby, but <laughs> I just gave her to Ms. Dangerfield-Smith. Ms. Russell teaches preschool. She has both of her boys with her. Ms. Lyle is also here. Ms. Rucker and her family are still seated, her husband and three beautiful boys. Ms. Freeman is our testing coordinator, third grade teacher. And Mr. Walker is our resource coordinator. Uh, we're just glad that we could just come to show you all how much we appreciate everything that this church does for Pleasant Hill. So that's why, you know, we wanted to come and just tell you thank you.
1: Thank you. Is there, um, if we want to be a part of change, I know God changes us. He's our father, and he changes us and molds us. But He's also our king, and he calls us to change and impact the world around us. If if we say, you know, this morning, I don't really want to deal with God as father because that's a mess right now. But as king, I I might go do something for him. Is there anything that you would want us to do to better support Pleasant Hill?
2: Of course, um, prayer is definitely needed and wanted and appreciated. But um, in January, we will be beginning to prepare our students, not beginning, we've been doing it all year, but we will be preparing our students in grades three through six to take the Ohio Achievement Assessment. And we have been digging deep into our data, so we know we need 141 students to pass reading and 121 to pass math. So we are always looking for um, tutors, one hour a week, just with one child, build that relationship, but also build that confidence with them so when they take the test they, they know that someone out there has shared and imparted wisdom into them outside of the classroom and what the teacher can do in the six hour day.
1: Thank you. You can get involved uh, with the Whiz Kids uh, and Treehouse programs or just any time during the day, I believe. Is that right? You can just show up, and they'll say, sure, yeah, get connected with the kids. So if you're just convicted one day and you're driving along or you want to skip work or something like that and say, I'm just going to go over to Pleasant Hill and tutor, find Tim, and he'll get you plugged in with the student, with the teacher, and you can do it right away. So can I pray for you all? And Thank you. Uh, Father, we do praise you for how you uh, change us and how you have empowered us to change uh, other people, to share your good news uh, that we can be molded by you, that uh, you long for something more and more beautiful in this world, and we get to be a part of that. We pray for Pleasant Hill School, we pray for the children there, uh, and their um, and their work in, in learning uh, and being educated and learning how to read and uh, learn how to do math, and these tasks that are so important uh, for them to know, to be able to thrive in this world, uh, and sometimes some of these kids struggling through poverty, to break that cycle of poverty uh, and to grow into uh, mature followers of you. Uh, We just pray for teachers and staff that you would empower them to love these children, give them strength and energy, give them wisdom and how to deal with all these children. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for coming. Mm
0: All right, so I didn't do a good job of segueing into that. That's what you're telling me, um, Andrew. And uh, it, the segue is you know, that it's really easy to lose hope personally and for the world around us. And what I appreciate about uh, Ms. McDowell and the teachers there is that they haven't lost hope in a, a challenging, very challenging situation. Because they know in their heart that change is possible. And we believe with them. And are glad to join with them and follow their lead to support them in bringing change. Not just a little change. Not just things that are nice. But to truly pursue with them excellence. Excellence um, in uh, in every way, because our children deserve it, and so we, because Jesus became clay, shows us the way of change. We refuse to lose hope, and know that He is continuing to lead us in the ways of change for what is good and what is right. It may be long, it may be hard, it may be costly but it applies not just to individuals, but also to institutions. Sorry, Andrew.